breastfeeding, fact or fiction? Welcome to SVH Bronx Health Talk, produced by SVH Health System and broadcast from the beautiful studios at St. Barnabas Hospital in the Bronx. I'm Faith Daniel. Breastfeeding is a labor of love that benefits both mother and baby. Infants who are breastfed have a reduced risk for many chronic diseases, such as asthma, obesity, and type 1 diabetes. For mothers that breastfeed, it can lower their risk of high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, ovarian, and breast cancers. Despite the health benefits, though, breastfeeding is a very personal decision that can be challenging. Without a strong support system, culturally competent education, and a safe environment, many mothers may choose not to breastfeed. According to the CDC, nearly 60% of mothers do not breastfeed for as long as they intended to due to outside factors. Breastfeeding disparities do exist. Non-Hispanic Black and Hispanic mothers breastfeed at a lower rate than Asian and white women. Younger mothers aged 20 to 29 are also less likely to ever breastfeed than mothers aged 30 or older. With me today to provide some insight into breastfeeding and discuss some of the work SVH WIC or Women, Infant, and Children do to support mothers is Magda Ramos, Breastfeeding Coordinator. Welcome and so, so nice to have you, Magda. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. So I want to start with just talking about the importance of breastfeeding. Why is it so important for both mother and baby? Well, from the information that you gave, you gave a lot of the pointers on why breastfeeding is good for mom and baby. You know, for the baby, there are fewer ear infections, less gas, less constipation, less diarrhea. There's a lower risk of pneumonia, less risk of allergy and asthma. You know, all of the things that you mentioned, less risk of the sudden infant syndrome less risk of diabetes. And for mom, you know, moms that breastfeed are healthier. Mothers who breastfeed have less bleeding after childbirth and lose weight sooner. They have a less risk of breast cancer, ovarian cancer, uterine cancer, and you know, they have stronger bones. Yeah, so are you finding with all of these like benefits for both mother and baby, breast milk is like magical <laughs> to me. And so why don't more moms do this, especially within the minority community with within like Black, Latinx communities? Why aren't more moms breastfeeding? Well, breastfeeding is not easy. You know, sometimes it, it could be, you know, the baby comes out, you put the baby to have that skin-to-skin contact, and everything can come out just fine and dandy. But for the majority of us, it's not easy. It's not easy, and there are so many things that you think about. Because when you're breastfeeding, you, can, you cannot say, hey, I'm giving my baby two ounces every two hours, right? Because you can't see what you're giving. And then you have people around you saying, hey, you know, the baby needs to eat more. So it's it's everything that's happening around you. It's the fact that you can't see it. It's the fact that it's not easy. Sometimes it's painful. And when you don't have the support, it's 
it's hard to continue. You're tired, you're not sleeping. You know, there's so many factors going on at the same time that, yeah, it becomes difficult. Right, yeah, and totally understandable. And once we get into some of the myths, we'll also find that there's a lot of miscommunication. There's a lot of um, education that needs to be done. It also needs to be culturally competent because in different cultures, breastfeeding is viewed differently. So we never want to take a paternalistic approach, but we do want to inform people and give them the right information. So let's just jump right into some of these myths. And we would love to get your opinions of all of these. We can educate our moms. So the first one is breastfeeding is painful. And you did mention that it can be painful because so can you talk a little bit more about just like what that experience is like for a new mom? Breastfeeding in it of itself should not hurt if the baby is positioned well, right? I have my baby today. This is Michael. So the idea is that the baby should be positioned well and you know, one of the things is make sure that the baby is tummy to tummy with mom. So, for example, the way I'm sitting right now, a good way of holding the baby would be this way, which is tummy to tummy. And you want to make sure you have that good view where you can see that the baby is latching on correctly, right? So, as I'm looking down, I can see when the baby opens the mouth wide. I can see when the baby gets to the nipple and part of the breast. And if that doesn't work, then right now I'm going to put my finger in the baby's mouth and I'm going to start all over again. So, you know, the most important thing is to position the baby well and for the baby to latch on. At first, you may feel some pulling and tugging, but that's just normal. And that's just for a few moments when the baby starts breastfeeding. But it should get comfortable again. And it sounds like the key to this, so, is that it's not that breastfeeding may not be painful at some times, it just innately isn't something that should hurt you. So it's really just being patient with yourself, your baby, trial and error, and really going to places like WIC that can support you and teach you these techniques. And the next thing I have is you have to wash your, your nipples before breastfeeding. Is that true? No, washing your nipples before breastfeeding is not necessary. When babies are born, they they already are very familiar with their own mother's smells and sounds. So the nipples produce the substance that the babies smell and they have a good bacteria that help build the baby's own healthy immune system. So in other words, no, you don't have to wash because one of the things that happen is that it makes the skin really dry. So when the baby latches on, it can create, you know, sore nipples and to the point of cutting. When you're done breastfeeding, use your own milk. Put it around your breast, your nipple, let it dry. When it's time to feed the baby again, you just put the baby directly on the breast. Would you recommend that moms use like use moisturizer on their breasts or do you think it's just better after showering, you know, your normal shower to put a little bit of your own breast milk on your nipples to prevent dryness? I think the best thing is the milk. Put it on your own nipple, let it dry and just let it be natural. Nice, nice. My next thing is breastfeeding makes 
breasts saggy. And I have heard this from so many people. So please tell us, is this fact or fiction? <laughs> it's, um, it's mostly fiction. I mean, the changes occurred the moment you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. That's when the changes occurred with the breasts. It's not the breastfeeding that makes like breast saggy or change in shape. It's the pregnancy. Yes, it's the change that occurs during pregnancy. Got it. Okay. So for all the moms out there, it is not breastfeeding that makes yeah. it saggy. Because okay. I feel like breastfeeding gets a bad rep because of that. <laughs> That's a yeah. Yeah. And the next thing I have is it is safe to get nipple piercings while breastfeeding. Fact or fiction? I had a I had a mom that we went to see at the mom and baby unit a couple of years ago, and she had gotten piercing in her nipple, and it had been over a year, mm. and her piercing was still there was still fluid that would come out, and uh. she wanted to breastfeed, so. With that being said, she was able to breastfeed. We got the okay from the doctors and everything. But with that being said, I would say wait until after you're done with breastfeeding. And then maybe you can get that piercing. For moms that already have a piercing, what is recommended is just to remove the jewelry. Okay, because that, that would be considered a choke hazard. Ah, okay. Baby. Yes. Okay. So it's just better to not do it at all. But if you already have it, just removing it while breastfeeding. Yes. Okay. yes. So is that also applied to pumping as well? So if you're pumping, it's best not to have it in? I would say so because, I mean, yeah, a lot of things can happen because you have this <laughs> sponge that you put on and, you know, you're pulling on it. So, yeah, I would remove everything. It would just be painful for mom. <laughs> yeah, it can be painful. All righty. And you, the next one I have is you can't get pregnant while breastfeeding. Fact or fiction? Wow, fiction. I just had a mom yesterday, and she just enrolled, and she was fully breastfeeding, and she's enrolling as a prenatal again. Wow. So, <laughs> I mean, it is less likely to happen if you're fully breastfeeding within the first six months. It's less likely to happen, especially, well, not especially, you can have your period, right? So if you're not getting your period and you're fully breastfeeding, you're not giving any formula, then it's less likely to happen. But if you don't want to get pregnant, then you should have a backup. Gotcha. And when you say fully breastfeeding, what does that mean? Fully breastfeeding means that you're not giving any formula at all. And it's because it's from zero to six months where the recommendation is not to provide any complementary foods. Mm -hmm. Then you're only, that's the only means in which the baby is getting fed with the breast milk. And does that also apply to folks that are pumping as well as like breastfeeding or like using their natural nipple? Is it just, is it a difference between like if somebody's fully breastfeeding via pump or fully breastfeeding directly from their breast? The only difference is the method in which you're, you're feeding your baby. When it comes to 
using it, you know, like getting pregnant. Um, if you're fully breastfeeding, again, you're pumping, you're pumping this almost the same schedule as if you were putting the baby directly on the breast, right? So you're doing good with that. But the difference is when you have the baby, you're holding your baby, you're looking into your baby's eyes, the baby is touching you. You get all these emotions going, all these feelings about, hey, this is my baby, mm -hmm. right? So I believe that's what makes it easier to just breastfeed, put the baby directly to the breast. Now, there are moms that, for whatever reason, have chosen to pump. I, I give everything to them because that is very difficult. Mm -hmm. you, can, you can get to that routine where you're going to be pumping like every two hours, mm -hmm. more or less, or every hour and a half. You can get into that routine. It's just a lot of work because now you're pumping and now, you know, you're storing milk and then you have to feed the baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like a constant flow. Because just because you're pumping doesn't mean that you're not taking care of the baby, right? So you're still taking care of the baby. So yeah, it's it's a lot of work. Yeah, I can imagine. And just to get back to our factor fiction statement, so as long as you're fully breastfeeding, regardless of your method, for six months, it's less likely for you to get pregnant. But if you for sure do not want to get pregnant, it is always best to choose a birth control method that works for you. Yeah, and let's not forget, you can't have your period. If you're already getting your period, then... I would not trust it at all. <laughs> and yes. again, like I said, if you don't want to get pregnant, you you have to have that backup. Gotcha. Yeah, that's always the safest thing to do. Yes. All right. So my next statement is breast size and shape determines how much milk one can produce. The capacity for a woman's breast to make milk is determined by the breast tissue. Not by the size of the breast. So breast size is determined by fat, which has no bearing on milk production. And someone with small breasts can produce as much milk as someone with larger breasts. And just because your breasts are larger doesn't mean that you're going to produce more milk either. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people think that. They're just like, oh my God. A, a cup I can't do it like versus somebody that's like double D's or something like they could do it yeah. in reality the a cup person could probably be producing like way more than that yeah really about the tissue it has nothing to do with the fat and the impression is that we carry the milk in our breasts you need to put the baby to the breast once the baby starts sucking or suckling that message goes to your brain that says okay we gotta let you know do the milk let down and now is when the baby is going to start getting that milk. Mm, okay. You, so do you start producing milk once you are like a certain, at a certain trimester? Or does that just happen once you have your baby and the baby starts suckling on the nipple? Your body gets prepared just in case the baby comes early. Oh. So you're prepared to breastfeed. My next one is... Um, it is safe to drink 
like alcohol while breastfeeding, fact or fiction? And I know that that question or statement is a little complicated, so. (laughs) What I tell the moms is like, for example, if you're gonna plan it, let's say Friday night, you're gonna go out, then prepare. Start pumping milk, store milk. It is recommended that right before you put the baby to the breast, you breastfeed. Recommendation is probably one drink and to at least wait the two hours. I know some people talk about pumping and dumping, but just because you do that, it does not remove the alcohol from the milk. Oh. What you do is you wait at least two hours before you breastfeed or pump again. And that's with one drink. The more alcohol, the more time has to pass for the alcohol to come out of the milk. So is it a good rule of thumb that for every drink, two-hour wait period? Um, Yeah, that is a, a good way of putting it, yes. And the so technically pumping and dumping doesn't really do anything right so then people so then should people just not pump and dump well you can pump and dump if you're feeling uncomfortable because your body is ready to feed even though we don't carry the milk in our breast but once you have that set routine that let's say you're breastfeeding every two hours just to say so that means that in those two hours your body is already getting prepared for when you take the baby and put the baby to the breast Mm -hmm. so you may start feeling full that would be a time that you may want to pump so you don't feel the discomfort Okay, so it sounds like pumping and dumping is really just to alleviate discomfort and not to kind of like clear up whatever um, contaminated or like milk that has alcohol in it. Okay, that makes sense. I feel like a lot of people don't know that. So that's really, really interesting. Okay, and my next one is what you eat and drink will affect the quality of your breast milk factor fiction. Well, with that, most babies are not troubled by what we eat. They're not troubled by the gassy foods or the spicy foods or caffeine. Everything in moderation is fine unless your baby's behavior is telling you otherwise. If you find that you eat a certain food And every time you eat that food, the baby gets fussy or gassy, then you would avoid that food for a couple of days to determine if that was the cause of it or not. Right. For the most, babies are usually not troubled by the foods that we eat. And when they are, again, we try to determine what is it. And if that's the case, then we'll try to avoid that. Their conditions, like if the baby has a milk protein allergy, then there are cases where moms have to stop eating all dairies if they want to continue breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it depends. So I guess the bottom line for that one is you should always be on a healthy diet. I mean, regardless, just for you to be healthy, but it's on a case-by-case basis with how food impacts milk and how that impacts your baby. 
My next one is nursing, like from the nipple, is better than pumping, fact or fiction. And we kind of touched on that a little bit. Yeah. Again, it's not that it's better. It's just that that connection that you have with the baby is is holding the baby again, you know, it's just holding the baby, it's feeling the baby's warmth. It's all of that put together. When you have to pump, let's say, for example, when there's mom and baby separation, we recommend that mommy either has pictures or has something that the baby has worn that way to create all of those feelings. Because just pumping, you know, when the baby is not with you, is it's not like, oh my God, this is so nice. Let me do this. You need some help. And sometimes you either have a video, a picture, or just a piece of clothing from the baby to help you get through that. Yeah, for sure. And especially because like you're pumping so often and it could be uncomfortable. You want to keep rem- like reminding yourself, why am I doing this? And yeah, that motivation. So I love that, you know, having a photo, having like maybe their first little hat that they wore when they came home. Little, yeah, that's awesome. I was actually watching Working Moms on Netflix, and one of the dads was like a stay-at-home dad. He had uh, was saying that he wanted to wear his the mom shirt so that the baby could have like the mom scent because she has stopped breastfeeding like nursing and started pumping so that reminded me of that yeah Uh, awesome so the next one is people with breast implants can't breastfeed fact or fiction it depends i guess it's on a person by person it, it all depends on the way the surgery was done. Usually when they do augmentation, the incision is made on the bottom part of the breast. If the cut is made in the crease under your breast and the implant is placed behind the mm-hmm. pectoral muscle, which lies below the breast tissue, so then that should not affect your breastfeeding. Mm. Okay. Because it's being inserted away from the breast. So any other procedure that's done where it affects the breast tissue, then that can disrupt milk production. It may cause the milk production to be less. Mm. So then you would have to see an IBCLC or a counselor, a breastfeeding counselor to help you with the process, to determine if your breast milk is going to be enough. You may have to supplement with formula. So it's on a case-by-case. So it's not impossible. It's a case-by-case basis. And does WIC work with moms that have had breast implants done in order to help them breastfeed if they want to? Yes. Yes, we do. And, you know, if need be, we can refer to an IBCLC. Nice. That's awesome. And my last one is nipple confusion doesn't exist. Fact or fiction. And can you explain what nipple confusion is for those that don't know? I was doing a, a, some reading and there are some people that feel that there's no such thing as nipple confusion. But then with the day-to-day conversations that you have with the moms, you know, and what they're going through, it it seems to be conflicting. 
the idea is that when you feed with the bottle, you, the baby is sucking. When you breastfeed, the baby is suckling. But I, I believe there is some type of nipple confusion because when you feed with the bottle, all you have to do is put the bottle and the milk comes out right away. Right. right? When you're breastfeeding, it doesn't happen that way. Mm -hmm. Right? It doesn't always happen that way. The baby has to latch on. The baby starts to suckle. And at first, the baby's suckling and it feels that it's very fast. And then all of a sudden, the milk letdown occurs. And now the baby relaxes and starts suckling slower. And now the baby is swallowing. Mm. So, in other words, when the baby starts breastfeeding, the milk is not right there, right? Because we said the baby has to start suckling so that br that message can be sent to the brain for the milk let down. Right. Mm -hmm. So, babies get to know that. Babies understand when you give that bottle and the moment you put it in, there's milk. Mm -hmm. Right. So, it's like when they're on their, their mother's, like, nipple they know that they have to go faster and then go slow versus yeah, they have to work for that milk flow <laughs> and then when they have a bottle if they did the same thing they kind of be like oh this came quickly <laughs> versus so then i guess in your opinion do you would you attest to like nipple confusion like that's a thing i i would say yes mm -hmm. yeah. So is the goal for moms to just like stick to one method, just like, you know, only do breasts or only do a bottle, even if it's pumping? Yeah, if, if you want to breastfeed, if your goal is to breastfeed, then the recommendation is for the first 30 to 40 days to avoid using the baby bottle, mm -hmm. right? To put the baby directly to the breast because you want your body to be able to produce the milk that you're going to need on a daily basis. So you want to create that milk supply. And then if, let's say, for example, you're going back to work, then recommendation is by the second month, you introduce the bottle, maybe one or two feedings. Pump your milk, put it on in the bottle, and mm -hmm. then one or two feedings you give with the bottle. We also go as far as saying that when you're going to give the milk with the bottle, to have someone else do it, either dad or whoever is home with you to do it. Because, again, you want the baby to know that mommy is breastfeeding mm -hmm. and that, let's say, dad can give the bottle. Oh, that's interesting. So even the person, and is that because of just, like, smell and just, like, touch and all of that? Okay. Because baby is aware that that's mommy, and if I'm going with mommy, I'm going to go eat. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, I'm going to eat, and I got to work for that milk for when I eat with dad, you know, it's just going to come. That's so smart, and I think that's a very, very, very helpful tip. Awesome. So I wanted to kind of switch gears a little bit from our fact and fiction and just talk a little bit more about SBH WIC and what you guys offer to um, new moms that want to breastfeed or probably don't, or just like any um, services offered? Okay, so the services start when mom indicates that she's pregnant. We start with prenatal nutrition. We provide breastfeeding education. 
we provide health education. We refer within the sponsoring agency within St. Barnabas Hospital. We refer to other services within the community. And of course, we provide nutritious foods. Okay. Once mom is breastfeeding, we provide mom to mom breastfeeding support from our peer counselors, which I think that's like the best thing that the WIC program <laughs> has done. For example, we have our two peer counselors, Linda and Laura. They're moms from within our community who have successfully breastfed and now they get to share their experiences with other moms. So that's like the best thing. We provide breastfeeding counseling. We provide breast pumps. You know, we have breast pumps available to our moms. And we also provide special foods for breastfeeding moms for six months or up to 12 months. That's amazing. Yeah, I love that SBH WIC, especially the services that we offer are coming from moms from in the community, moms that look like the moms that are in our community. So I just like, I love that they speak the same languages, they understand the cultures, and I feel like that makes a huge difference education and you know not everything is by the book you know it comes from lived experiences too so I love that you just talking about hey you know I tried this because my mom told me this and her mom told her that so I love that that generational education is awesome and are there any new activities that SBH WIC has embarked on that you would like to share with our audience well for our site we have just moved into the wellness center. So we have a new area, new offices. So can't wait to have the participants come back to the office. And not only that, but we have our breastfeeding suite. A beautiful room. And again, can't wait to have the participants come here and take advantage of that. The other things that I wanted to share is that because it's summer, this is the time where we give the farmer's market coupons. And those are the $20 that we give each year and is to be used at the farmer's markets. We provide a list of all the farmer's markets that include St. Barnabas. And we're, we're doing that, you know, until the end of September. And the other thing is that for these next two months, instead of providing $9 or $11 to buy fruits and vegetables, we're actually giving $35 to buy fruits and vegetables, which that is awesome. So more or less what we are doing new, other than working from home, you know, hopefully we'll come back to the office soon. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much, um, Magda, for all of your wisdom and knowledge about breastfeeding. For more information about SBH WIC or breastfeeding services, please visit sbhny.org backslash WIC WIC. Um, thank you for joining us at SBH Bronx Health Talk, and we'll talk soon.